0: These are the things I learned during the 44th week of 2010, October 31st through November 6th. October 31st, how to disassemble a server-class battery. This one was fun. We had an uninterruptible power supply, or UPS, at the student TV station, and I had to replace the battery, and the battery may have been leaking if I recall which isn't the greatest thing to have, particularly when it's in a server cabinet. The idea is the UPS can intake a new battery, and the offending leaking battery can be removed and disposed of properly, because that can be a chemical fire explosion hazard, you name it. In order to replace the battery in a UPS, you generally need to either remove all of the connections to it and consider if they need to remain up or not. You may need to plan out redundancy or downtime, one of the two. Once you have that figured out and you have the UPS completely disconnected from any dependent power clientele, you need to, of course, take off a panel that may contain the battery, remove the battery, and replace it with a new battery. Being someone in college, I never was exposed to something like this before. So this was my first time doing it, and it was an overall wonderful learning experience. November 1st, 2010. Apple is deprecating their Java for OSX Lion. So specifically, when we say Apple is deprecating their Java for OSX Lion, we are actually meaning that Apple will no longer be necessarily supplying its own flavor of Java built into the operating system anymore. This makes sense with the reduced reliance on Java in general by most things, and with the ever-increasing security problems and issues you generally encounter with Java, Apple just no longer wanted to deal with that mess entirely and wanted to just get out of the business of supplying it. Java can of course still be separately installed but that is more on the user, and this decision was most likely made based on usage statistics and overall direction of Java. Around this time, Apple also may have been acting based on the Sun Oracle acquisition that had occurred previously in the year, where Java was now being taken under the umbrella of Oracle Corporation. This would make for a clean excuse to transition away from integrating the Java stack that deeply into the operating system. Again, of course, it could always be installed separately, but Apple would no longer be bearing the burden of needing to update it and distribute it. November 2nd, SQL Views. This was another chronicle in the SQL course that I was taking as part of my undergraduate path. SQL views are basically a way of viewing data in such a way that it is easy to just click something and there you go, you have a view. It's not really that complicated or anything, but it was something I never figured out before. And it was really convenient where instead of having to type out and remember a certain SQL query, you can just say, Oh, I saved this view. Let's just call this up and view the data that we need to view. Pretty simple, right? I'd say so. November 3rd access codes for a door in the library. Now this one is more of a contextual, hey, I didn't know this before. I learned this. Here's the access code to open a door in the university library. Full disclosure, there are some of these days where it was really a task to try to think of something that I learned in that day. So I would consider one of these days to be a fluff day where I technically learned something, but it didn't really mean much in the grander scheme of things. Or it was just something for me, or it was more of a, I will temporarily file this in my memory and it may not stick for very long, but I'm going to write it down as a technicality. November 4th. I already kind of knew this, but it was reconfirmed in my mind. iMovie is a horrible piece of software. Having been accustomed to Final Cut Pro, And having to go back to iMovie for certain reasons or job-related things, I just was really disgusted by iMovie and how simple it was and how you seemingly couldn't really do much of anything other than just ground-level video editing. And you couldn't even do things like advanced title effects or special transitions or specifically crafted fades, multi-track editing. All this kind of stuff was just not part of iMovie quite by design, but man, I really disliked any time I needed to use iMovie for any reason whatsoever. I worked a few jobs where we had to teach iMovie to folks who weren't very technically savvy, which is understandable. You don't want to teach someone Final Cut Pro if they can barely really click around on a computer. So I understand the reason iMovie exists. And you also can't argue with the monetary discussion as well, where iMovie is considerably cheaper than Final Cut. It's even free in some cases. So this isn't to say iMovie doesn't have a purpose. It's just I really cannot stand it, especially after my eyes were opened to Final Cut Pro. November 5th. Not every Windows XP disk comes with the recovery console. This was a result of an experience where I needed to recover a system and I thought that any old Windows XP installation disk would work in terms of getting me into a console where I could just perform recovery tasks or remedial work, anything that could kind of get a system that was down on its luck back up on its luck. However, that that day I learned that basically not every disk comes with it and if it doesn't you might be in a bad spot and you might need to go find another disk or find some other way to recover the system because that may be an unexpected rude awakening for you. Not like it really matters anymore. Windows XP is no longer supported and no one should really be using it in the year 2020. Modern operating systems have more robust and readily available recovery environments anyway. So this is more of a circumstantial thing that I had learned that was much more relevant at the time of learning it, so to speak. November 6th. Chroma keying in Apple Motion. Much like chroma keying in a live TV environment with the Globecaster, previously mentioned, I figured out how to do chroma keying in Apple Motion. This was handy because Motion gives you a lot more effects options for videos and you can overlay a lot of 3D effects or do, you know, it's a lot of various cool things you can do that Final Cut wouldn't normally offer you. And chroma keying is one of these features in Motion. Other than that, it was really helpful for if you're filming someone in front of a green screen and you need to underlay some other environment or texture or you name it. Motion is your piece of software, at least in the Mac world, for doing such a task. It is not the only piece of software that could do this, of course. But if you're in the Final Cut Studio world, this is what you use. And those were the things that I learned during the 44th week of 2010. Thanks for listening. If you feel this content was worthwhile to you, please feel free to subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes if you think this deserves it. We'll catch you next time.